You're listening to The Crossroad Podcast with Joey and Kylie Willis. Through redefining effective leadership, The Crossroad Podcast explores what it means to live a life of intention and purpose. Join us as we explore the ins and outs of effective leadership and vibrant living. Welcome to episode four of season two of The Crossroad Podcast. I'm Joey Willis. I'm here with Kylie Willis. Hello. In this episode, we are going to talk about values-based choices. So our first few episodes, we've really kind of set up the arena in which choices happen, the prevalence of choices, whether or not a choice is actually yours to make. And what we want to do today is really get into the heart of decision-making. We really want to talk about what does it look like to make better, more consistent decisions? And the key to that is values. So here's where we're going to start today, uh, Kylie. If we are not making values-based decisions, what are some of the other alternatives, blank-based decisions? Well, I think that one of the alternatives is that we're actually borrowing values from somewhere else. We're basically listening to what our culture is saying is important and making decisions based on what others say is important and valuable as opposed to actually doing the hard work of sitting down and figuring or standing up, whatever, and figuring out (laughs) what is important to you. What are the things that actually drive you and are the heart of who you are as a person and how you interact with the world? Um, And so one of the alternatives would be we are borrowing values from someone else. Uh, The other alternative, I think, would be that we are making fear-based choices as opposed to values-based choices. And so what what we're really doing is we're saying what somebody else thinks is way more important to me and I'm so scared of what they think um, or how they're going to react that I am going to make the choices that they want me to make um, as opposed to um, saying, you know what, like I am comfortable with who I am. I'm confident in whom I am. I know what is important to me. And it's okay if this person doesn't approve of the choices that I'm making because I am making choices that are true to who I am and um, are the core, really, of who you are as a person. Yeah, one of the other things that makes me think of is that an alternative to values-based decision is circumstantial-based decision. Hmm. And so the way that a circumstantial-based decision works, which probably looks very familiar to our listeners, it's very familiar to me, is I just look at the situation on face value And one of the things that that causes me to do is I'll make a decision based on what feels easiest or safest. So along the lines of what you're talking about in terms of fear being a main driver, a lot of the decisions that I make are just what's the the least scary potential outcome, potential consequences. You know, it strikes me as we're talking about this, Kylie, that every decision we make is is value-based. Even these alternatives are values-based. Avoiding fear is a certain values-based decision. What it isn't is a good values-based decision. It's not really based on a true value. It's like a placeholder, like uh, in the Oscars when a celebrity gets up and has to go to the bathroom and some doofus like me comes in and just like sits in their seat so the crowd looks full. That's kind of what we're doing. We're borrowing values from other people. Instead of like getting to the heart of our values, we value just 
uh, safety and and not getting shamed. In, shamed or invalidated. So we replace that with what we're really doing. But still, it's a it's a values based decision. We just so much live in a in a posture of circumstantial and superficial expressions of values rather than the deep truth of what really matters to us. Yeah. I mean, if I think about it even more, the two examples I gave are actually in the same vein. If we are going to define culture as what is honored and what is shamed, um, what we're saying is there are some things that are more valuable and then there are other things that are not valuable that we don't honor. And if we're operating out of fear, it's because we are trying to fit into the culture, the current culture or climate that we are living in. And we want to be pursuing things that are defined as honorable as opposed to things that are defined as shameful. We are afraid of being shamed. Um, we're afraid of looking bad. And so we, what we do is uh, we pursue the things that our culture says are honorable without really evaluating whether or not we believe or value those things ourselves. We pop into our system one way of thinking, right? We subconsciously react to the world around us. And so we talk a lot about system one and two thinking and the proper use of emotions in our first season of the podcast. So if you want to go back and look for the episode on that, um, you're more than welcome to, to dive a little bit deeper into how this works. But System one thinking is our subconscious reaction to the world around us. And basically what happens is something happens. We feel an emotion. Something is telling us something and we just act. We don't really think about why we're doing what we're doing or if it's the wisest choice to do. Uh, and this is really helpful in some circumstances, but can also be really harmful in others where there are these ingrained patterns of behavior that are not really serving us or the people around us very well anymore. And so what we need to do is we need to engage our system too, which is much more deliberate. It is slower. Uh, it's also very lazy, which is why we don't do it very often. But um, we feel an emotion and we need to slow ourselves down and think like, is this actually true? Is this right? Is this what I believe? Is this what I value? Is this what is important to me? And how do I respond based upon that, upon what I'm actually thinking through, as opposed to just responding out of our emotions? Um, yeah. And so we need to treat our values like this and the way that we make our choices, um, we need to slow down and do the hard work of actually thinking through, is this something that is important to me or is this a superficial reaction to something that is either important to somebody else or is this a superficial reaction to something deeper that I need to figure out in order to make the wisest and most informed choice possible? Well, I think you're hitting on something important there, which is that the one of the main reasons that that we don't do this is it's harder, like it takes more effort. And some of you may be listening to this episode or this season thinking about a specific decision that you need to make. What do I do in terms of do I move to this city or that city? Do I take this job or that job? Do I go to dinner at this place or that place? And it just seems we we are we get so consumed kind of in that the 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 circumstances there uh and it is just easier to kind of take those 
at face value rather than to say, okay, why, why? Like, why does it matter to me where I work? Why, why are either of these options important? Why would I choose this one? Why would I choose that one? And, and, and we can certainly go too far in that direction as well. But, but I think what Kylie is saying is that it's, it's difficult to make value-based decisions because all the while that circumstance is just pulsating. It's kind of screaming at you. Um, like a lot of young men in their early 20s, I went through a season where I struggled with pornography. And man, I, I tried all of the books. I tried all of the accountability things. I tried all of the things to like get on the other side of this and to stop making this these terrible decisions. And the thing that got me out of it, ironically, was to stop focusing on pornography and to start focusing on things that really mattered to me. And what happened was the things that really mattered to me kind of pushed pornography out of my mind, out of my temptation, out of my decision-making rubric. And so that is what we're talking about here. So often we go to the fruit of a, of a tree and if it's rotten, we're, we're, we're fumbling with the rotten fruit trying to fix it. And we don't realize that it's an issue of roots, mm. uh, that it's the tree that needs to be addressed. So we're spending a lot of time fumbling at the apples themselves, wondering why they're not as healthy as they could be. And it's because there's a whole system from which the apple is just the last step. And so if we focus on trying to just magically change the last step, we're going to be really fighting against the goad. But if we can come and address the roots and have healthy roots, then it can transform the entirety of the tree, including the apple that it bears. So what I, see, what I hear you saying is that pornography is a symptom of something much deeper, where if we actually dive into what what we're trying to meet, what value we're trying to address, um, we can actually take steps to address that value in a healthy way. Yeah, so that's exactly right. The pornography for me was a symptom of not wanting to be rejected uh, and a symptom of wanting to belong. And so instead of just trying to figure out how do I get out of, of pornography, the question is, how do I meet those values in the way that they are truly edified instead of this like kind of poisonous, uh, untrue, unfulfilling shortcut? Yeah, false, false version of meeting that desire, that value. And so you're right, Kylie, that was the symptom. And so what I needed to do was kind of back up and say, what is the root and how do I find a... Uh, a more true, a more healthy, a more fulfilling uh, pathway branch hmm. uh, in order to bear the fruit that, that that desire is really is really longing for. That's really good. And so let's let's go to Kai just talking a little bit about what are values. We hear like the word value just like a lot of things in our world. Uh, and people kind of like maybe have an assumption of, of what that means. But how would you define a value? What is a value? Well, I, I think that a value is something that is developed over time through our experiences and through our family systems that basically says I am either lacking in this thing. So it is going to be really important to me because of some impact moment we've had in our life or just our, our 
family system, um, the ways that we have grown up and learned. Um, and so essentially our values are the deep core things that we react and respond to the world around us through. They are the most important things to us. And we need to be living those out in some way, either in a very meaningful way or in a superficial way. Most of the time we pursue superficial ways of living them out, but we try to have these things met uh, in some way. And when they're lacking, we really, really deeply feel the lack of those things, which is typically why we chase after superficial things. Uh, and when they're when they're present, uh, it fills us with a deep sense of purpose and meaning um, that we are living these things out um, to the best degree possible. A real example for me is um, is productivity. I highly value being an effective and productive person um, who creates things that matter. Um, and when I am not producing things, when I am not, um, living that out to the best of the ability, to the best of my ability, I feel a real, uh, gap, a real lack of purpose. Um, when Joey and I first moved to New York City, we actually, like, we moved here with two suitcases and we rented out a basement apartment in an, of an Airbnb. And it wasn't even the entire apartment. It was one bedroom with a shared kitchen and bathroom. And we lived there for two months. And we moved to the city without any community or any friends being here. We didn't have jobs. Um, we really didn't have a space of our own. And... I did not feel like a productive person during those two months, so much so that it affected me. And I didn't want to get out of bed in the morning because I knew that there was nothing for me to do, to be active at, to be producing. And so it's very apparent um, within my life that productivity and producing things that that are meaningful and matter is one of my core values, because when it is lacking, um, it it is not only felt with me, but Joey feels it too. And he's like, oh, babe, we got to get we got to get you like working on something and doing something that is going to make you feel as if you're a contributing member to what to what is um, to something bigger than yourself. We constantly have this struggle of uh, of getting Kylie to rest because she's so she values productivity, which is great. It's, it's core who she is. And so this Christmas, I bought her a stained glass book, like how to make your own stained glass so that she could have something to do that was not work, but but felt restful, which is very foreign to me and my set of values. But basically what we're saying here is that your values are like a set of pillars that make up your identity. It's mm -hmm. the core of like who you are and what matters to you. And what's important for that in terms of decision making is those core pillars are your motivators for doing things. It's your motivators for uh, wanting to work hard at your job, like Kylie does with productivity. It's your motivators for sinful things like pornography from me, um, because I value uh, harmony and unity and togetherness, right? And so if I, pornography is a derailment of that value, but it's a core, it's a core motivator for me. So we'll talk about this a little bit more at the end of the episode, but we have an exercise that you can do. You can go to the crossroad.net 
to just get you started on figuring out like what are the four or five core pillars of who I am. And that's essential. We mentioned this before, but if we don't do the upfront work of just being able to really truly name those pillars, then we're going to build our decision making on some shifting sand. We're going to build it on what the people around us are saying, which the people around us are great, but they've got their own set of four or five pillars that may not be the exact same as ours. They may be looking at our life from from a different angle, from a biased perspective, but we've got to take ownership of of our own life. And that includes being able to name uh, what really drives us, what really makes us come alive, what motivates our decisions, what motivates our sinful decisions, our, our poor decisions, what motivates our good decisions. That's what we're talking about when we talk about values. And a part of that is readjusting our framework for decision making as uh, like right and wrong or good and bad. Uh, you know, the, the Bible actually doesn't talk about right and wrong a whole lot, which might surprise a lot of you. The Bible talks about wisdom and foolishness. That's kind of the framework that the, that the Bible uses. And I think we like to look at our decisions and try to make one of them good and one of them bad so that we can obviously choose the good one. But the reality is our circumstances are more complicated. If I have a choice between I'm going to move to Chicago and become an engineer or I'm going to move to Hollywood and become an actor, neither one of those is is actually just a bad decision. What I need to do in order to make the best decision possible is weigh those two options based on my values. And the another element that makes this difficult is that exploring my values isn't going to make it clear that one of those is bad. All it's going to do is frame my ability to perceive the, the imagined consequences of going to those two places and how I might steward those, which gives me the ability, hopefully, to decide between what might best posture me to live out of, of my values. So when we're talking about going to Chicago or going to L.A., some of you may be thinking like, great, okay, neither one is, is, is bad. Neither one is worse than the other one. So how do values help? How does it like help me make that decision? What is the right decision to make? What am I supposed to do? Here's, here's what I think helps is that if you are without considering your values, you're going to focus on okay, are people going to like judge me if I go to LA to try to be an actor? What are people going to think about me? If I go to Chicago, how am I going to be able to afford it? What kind of what kind of jobs do I have? And all these practical questions are fine, but they can really get us stuck into not just a certain mindset about which choice we make, but how we operate within that choice. And so Considering these options from a values-based perspective frees you to not only make the choice based on your values, but to walk into that choice with a perception that's centered on your values. So you're not just trying to make it work the way that you imagine circumstantially, but you're trying to live out your values. And so considering values helps us to kind of rise above the noise, uh, to get above all of the craziness and all of the deception, including self-deception, and really start to consider uh, what does this choice really mean for my life, for the fulfillment of, of my life and for who I am. 
And that is going to help you make better choices and it's going to help you to, it's going to exponentially help you to make better choices as, as you move on from deciding, you know, which city you're going to live in and which job you're going to have. Yeah, our circumstances are the setting. They are the stage. And what really matters and what is really important is the character with which we are exercising our choices within and in the midst of our circumstances. It doesn't really matter if you go to Chicago or you go to L.A. Um, what matters is who you are in the setting that you choose and making sure that that person is living and staying true to their values and making the best choices possible, not only for yourself, but um, for the organizations that you're a part of, for the people that you are um, doing life with. Um, we need to make sure that um, there are consequences for all of our choices, whether they are positive or negative. And what we shouldn't do is say, this is important, this is valuable to me, and so I'm going to go and I'm going to make the choices that are most valuable to me without also taking into consideration the people who are around us, who we are uh, doing life with, who we are within community with. If I decide that I value freedom so much that I'm going to go out and I'm going to do whatever the heck I want to do because I'm free, um, that's really going to have some negative consequences on my relationship with my husband. Um, it's also going to have some negative consequences on my own personal self and within the communities that we're a part of. And so we really, really need to make sure that we are stewarding our character to something that is great greater than ourself, um, that we are really being intentional about making choices for us, for the greater good, as opposed to for me. Um, what is best for me is not always what is best for us. And so we, we really need to take into consideration that those things are going to be impacted by our choices. Well, and, you know, what's interesting about that is that what Kylie's saying may sound like we're contradicting ourselves because what we're saying is you need to make values-based decisions that are true to the core of who you are. And now Kylie is saying, well, you also need to consider other people and not just make decisions for you, but think about the consequences they have for others. And and, and I, can, I can get if you're listening and you're thinking, well, that is definitely a contradiction. Um, here's why it isn't. Uh, well, let me say it this way. It's a paradox. And here is kind of how you resolve the paradox. You are a person who has this unique set of pillars that are your values. But in order to really fulfill those values and live them out, you have to be in a community. Well, living, live them out in a meaningful way. Yeah, live them out in a meaningful way. You have to be in a community. So treating somebody nice isn't just like, putting aside everything that matters to you so that you can focus on them. Treating somebody nice is a way of fulfilling in a meaningful way your values, your desires. So Kylie's talking about freedom. And if she does freedom in this crazy way and it affects the people around her, well, then that's going to boomerang back on her and affect her freedom. If she does something within our marriage that uh, violates like my trust and, and all those sorts of things. 
well then I'm gonna I'm gonna not trust her and that is gonna affect what she can do, her expression of freedom. So what I'm trying to say is that we have this kind of false dichotomy of what's good for me or what's good for other people. Yeah. The truth is that what's good for other people is what's good for me. And pursuing my values includes caring for others and considering them because I want that. I want to be a part of something bigger than myself. I don't want to just lock myself in my room and be happy all the time. I want to experience joy with other people. When things are difficult, I want other people to be with me. That is a part of of my value system. That is a part of the core truth of who I am. And so considering others is not just about like totally slaying yourself and and laying on your sword. It's about understanding that you are a part of a community, a participant in a community. And only by participating in that community effectively are you going to fulfill those values that are so core to who you are. So how does knowing our values actually lead us to the choices that are going to be... um, best for us. I don't want to say right or wrong because sometimes it's not about right and wrong. Sometimes it's just about good and better. Well, I think knowing your values informs direction. It gives you a compass. Uh, and, and that compass may not tell you exactly what you should be doing, but but what it does tell you is whether or not you're off course uh, in, a, in a difficult sort of, well, in a tragic sort of way. Yeah. And And probably whether or not you're actually living out the gifts, the talents, the skill sets um, that are best suited to you in a way that is really meaningful and purposeful. Well, and let me say this. uh, This might be this might be strange for some of you to hear. When when considering your choices, the actual choice you make is not that important. What is important is the perception that you carry and the character that you steward as you progress through choice making. And so this season, we're talking about how to make choices, how to live within a world so full of choices. And what values do is they help to reframe that question, that topic, that conversation from how do I make sure I'm making the right choices all the time? to how do I do the best that I can and steward my character? How do I have the courage to try? And so, look, we're not really thinking for the most part, although we struggle with this too, but we're not really thinking for the most part, how do we help people who are listening to know which of the two options they can choose? What we're trying to do is say, how do we reframe this whole myriad of decisions into... Uh, or out of a labyrinth of what is right and what is wrong and how do I make sure I get to the end of the maze uh, without going insane into just like, how do I run the maze with courage? How do I step into it? How do I do my best? And so your values kind of free you, uh, well, I should say being value-centered kind of frees you from um, from that labyrinth of of fear and judgment and borrowing expectations and and worried about the consequences that might come up and and uh, not knowing if, if you if you've done the right thing, or if you've done the wrong thing and if you've totally messed up the trajectory of your life. And what is the right option that I need to land at through this decision making process? What we're trying to do is say, let's back up 
and let's say the root of your life is your values, how does that permeate not the decision you make necessarily, but how you make decisions and how you perceive making decisions? Because that ironically, is the key to making good decisions, is to stop putting all our stake in is A or B right or wrong, but to say, how do I approach A and B? How do I approach the options? How do I steward dealing with the consequences? How do I make the choices that follow uh, the choices that I'm going to make today? So what your values can do is back you up to reframe your whole life into these are, these are the pillars, the core of who I am. And stop asking yourself, what is the right and wrong decisions? And start asking yourself, how do I live out of these values through all of the decisions I make? No matter what consequences I face, no matter what happens, no matter if I realize I have made a poor decision, uh, how do I recover from that? How do I live out of these values? Yeah, our our f- whole first season was on how to lead. And we presented this framework of their here path, there being the end point, the vision where we're trying to get, and here being our current reality. And the most challenging thing about the whole entire framework, um, actually discovering what our current reality is because we are so good at lying to ourselves. Um, and so our, what our values do is they really help us to um, understand and be intentional with our current reality. It helps us to steward right now so that we are headed towards our there, our vision, our mission, whatever we're trying to accomplish with intention. Um, you need to know yourself in order to be able to lead yourself well. And knowing and understanding your values is foundational to knowing yourself because your values help to direct all of the different choices that you make, whether you know it or not. And so what we're doing is we're giving you an opportunity to have a conscious awareness of why you are making the choices that you are making. And again, we'll point you to our values exercise on the crossroad.net. We, we, we talk about this as if this kind of an easy thing and you, you'll discover your values and then you'll name them and then you'll be able to make better decisions. And, and one thing I just want to take a minute here to focus on is that like, it's still hard. Like even discovering your values is, is a difficult process. And we encourage you to, to go to the website and to start that and to dive into it. Because as we said at the very beginning, the alternatives feel easier at the time. They relieve a certain tension circumstantially, but that tension is just going to return uh, quickly and, and twofold. And so uh, to take the time up front to really explore what are my values, what can what how do they affect my decision making, uh, will help to set you up to make decisions better. I can give you a quick example of how this looked in my life recently. I have been a youth minister pretty much my entire adult life, which means I have no reason to be awake, uh, you know, before noon, generally speaking. Uh, so I, you know, I didn't sleep till noon. I would sleep till like ten or, or so. Uh, and, and I'm a night owl, so I would stay up late. And that's just like a decision that I've constantly made. It's been a pattern over and over in my life. 
And lately we have been involved in so many projects with The Crossroad and with me writing. And one of my values is truth. And so I'm a big learner. I love reading books. I love watching documentaries. I love just kind of, I'm trying to learn Spanish right now. Like I'm, I'm a big uh, learner. And one of the main causes of tension in my life over the last year is I just feel like I'm trying to pack too much into a single day. I just don't really have the time. And just a couple of weeks ago, and I've, I've tried to wake up earlier before. I've tried just saying like, you know what? I need to do this. I'm just going to do it. And it just never really works. And a couple of weeks ago, I woke up at like, I woke up really early, like four or something and just couldn't sleep. And I got up and started reading and started working on my stuff. And I realized that like having that much more time really helped me to live out the things that, that I, I didn't have time for. Now, this does not mean that he has started waking up at four o'clock every morning. Well, yeah, but I've started waking up at seven every morning and I've started taking my time getting into the day. And so this just like what I'm saying here is that when I when my mind was able to connect that choice with a, with my values, uh, it helped me to change my habit, to change my behavior. And the other part of it is I realized some of my sleeping in uh, especially in my 20s, was I was just afraid of the day. I didn't want to address like the potential rejection, the potential negative consequences of my day. And so I woke up and there's just this kind of subtle like, oh, no, not this again. Uh, and so realizing that I was making my decision to kind of hit the snooze out of fear instead of out of what really mattered to me in life helped me to just say like, well, that's absurd. I'm going to do something different. And so your values can help inform the direction of your life. What they can also do is establish some consistency. So instead of deciding between option A and B today and then option L and M five weeks from now, where my emotions are very different, the circumstances are very different, the voices around me may be different. Uh, and so then I'm just kind of tossed back and forth by the wind and waves of, of my setting. Your values can help establish a, uh, a foundation that you can make consistent decisions on. Mm -hmm. And I think a, a lot of us, maybe all of us, more than anything, even if we don't have language for it, desire to be a consistent person. Why can't I make decisions that are consistent? Why can't I kind of stick with something? And part of the reason for that is that we don't really know our values. We haven't really named them truly. And so we've got to do that in order to be the consistent person that we want to be, in order to be tethered into the truth. One of the things that's difficult about exploring our, our, our values, and, and even the, if you do the values exercise on our website, is that self-deception is like such a prevalent thing, right, Kai? So we can, we, can, uh, we can sort of say, oh, I value truth, which really what we're saying is I don't like it when other people lie to me. Mm. Uh, but if, But I might kind of, you know, lie to other people just a little bit to help manipulate their validation of me, which is maybe an indication that there's something I value more than truth. So how do we how do we do our best to avoid that self-deception uh, and really get at the heart of what our true values are? Well, I, I think that I mentioned this earlier. We are so good at lying to ourselves and we 
mainly because the truth is uncomfortable sometimes. And so I think the first thing that we have to do is recognize that we're going to be uncomfortable um, and embrace that and be okay with not necessarily feeling good all the time, but at least knowing that we are setting ourselves up on a firm foundation. Um, we've got to be honest with ourselves about what is actually important to us if we want to be intentional about the direction we're headed and actually get to where we're going. It is so easy to lie about our current reality, about what is important to us, and get completely off track and look up one day, five years down the road, and say, how did I get here? Um, and we got there because we weren't honest with ourselves about what was actually important to us. Um, I think another thing that we need to do is be give ourselves time. Be okay with not figuring it out right away. We are such impatient people, and we just want the answer now. We are instant gratification, and so give it to me now. And the fact of the matter is... Um, we, we're just not going to figure it all out right away. It's a process. And as we move through life, we're going to discover that there are things that were really important to us that we weren't even aware of. And so this exercise that we have on the website isn't like, oh my gosh, it's going to give you the answer right away. What it does is it gives you a starting point, something where you can actually look at some words and say, is this really important to me? And if it is important to me, how is it manifesting in my life in a way that is actually meaningful? Um, we need to make sure that we are being intentional about our choices and making meaningful decisions that impact not only ourselves and our own life, but the greater good. I was uh, driving through Oklahoma once. And I realized that I was lost. And here's a weird thing about getting lost when you're driving. You don't realize you're lost the moment that you're lost. Mm. You realize you're lost like an hour down the down the road where you've missed a, a sign or something. And that happened to me. I was going to Oklahoma. I almost drove all the way into Nebraska or whatever is above Oklahoma and had to pull over and ask for directions. And... So I love what you're saying about about this is uh, we are hoping that this episode is a signpost that you don't drive past that mm -hmm. says, take this exit, pull over for a hot minute and start this difficult process, but important and essential process of naming your values. Because the key here, again, is not what decisions you make, but how you make decisions and so we will continue throughout this season to talk about how to do that well and some of the ramifications for that. But it, the key, we'll say this over and over again this season, is to try to put effort into it. Like Kylie said, the, the, there's no shortcut. There's no fast forward. There's no uh, easy magic wand. This is a process. This is a process about who you are as a character. And so we're putting up a, a big road sign here that says, step into that process do it with intention, do it with boldness and with truth, because that's the only way that you're going to transform your life and and manifest those values that are so deeply ingrained in who you are. Yeah, I have used this example before, but I sit in my office at the college and I have 
women in the house that I advise come in and say to me, I know you're not going to tell me what to do. And the reason that I'm not going to tell them what to do, I'll help them think through it, is because I don't know their core values. I am not them. I haven't had the experiences that they have. I am not living their story. And so I am not best postured to make the choice for them, to tell them what they need to do. They are best postured to discern for themselves, based upon their values, what the best choices are for their lives, whether it's a small choice or a big choice. Well, and even if you did know what their values are and all that, like, you telling them, you discerning that and figuring out and telling them uh, doesn't equip them. They've got to figure it out and discern it themselves so that they're not constantly going to somebody to try to untangle their own set of values for them. If they can, if you can teach them how to do that themselves, you won't just help them address the specific question that they're asking. Mm. You'll help them address every question that they'll ever ask every choice that they'll ever make. Teach a man to fish. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So thank you for listening to today's episode and we will see you guys next time. We won't actually see you, but you'll hear from us. Thank you for listening to the Crossroad Podcast. The world is out there waiting for you to become the best leader you can possibly be. We hope our conversations have helped. For more, please visit our website, thecrossroad.net.